good to say. Wow, 9 o'clock is alive and well. <laughs> wow, we had a great time last night. That was funny. Boy, it was good to laugh, laugh, and laugh. Man, they were funny. And I appreciate uh, uh, Jerry and uh, his wife coming, Amy, and being a part of our services, and you that came and invited your friends. It was a good, good night. So, you know, that song really touched my heart that uh, Jerry just sang. And it is a mad, mad world we live in, isn't it? Gosh, I just... Uh, just my phone just came up just now. Two people shot dead at a Florida hospital on Fox News. You know, it's just a mad, mad world. So, you know, kind of thinking about, um, about this message, and I think, man, it's kind of, a, kind of a downer message in some ways, but I, was, uh, I read a story about a young boy who lived in the country and uh, kind of reminded uh, me in some ways, and his family had to use a, a, an outhouse. Anybody know what an outhouse is? Okay, so y'all get it out, y'all, how many has ever used an outhouse? Wow, man, alive, whew, that's a job though, isn't it? I remember we lived in a little four-room house and we had an outhouse, hated that thing, man, and uh, we had a little pot in the house that we'd use at night, uh, that's just a different story, <laughs> I don't even know why I went there, but anyway, um, Anyway, this young boy hated it as bad as I hated it, and uh, it, it was hot in the summer, and it was cold in the winter, but it was always smelled terrible. Uh, the outhouse was uh, located near this uh, creek, uh, so the boy decided that he would uh, one day push it into the water and get rid of the outhouse, and after uh, a spring rain, uh, rain the, uh, the creek got uh, a little high, so the boy went out and pushed the outhouse in the, into the creek and to the uh, swirling waters. Later that night, his dad told him that uh, he and the boy needed to make a little trip out to the woodshed. How many of you ever, parents have ever taken you out to the woodshed? Yeah, how many of you ever had to go get your own switch? Yeah, whoo, that is painful. You can't get the right switch. You know, I've tried to get the right switch. There is no right switch. And my mom, if you didn't get the right switch, you had to go get another switch. But anyway, uh, uh, later that night, the dad took him out to the woodshed, and the, and the boy knew that when you go to the woodshed, that meant he was in trouble, and that meant that punishment was coming. And and uh, he asked the father, uh, 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 he, he asked the father why the, the, uh, he was being taken out there, and the dad said, because someone pushed the outhouse in the creek. And he said, I think that someone was you. And every boy, uh, to, his, uh, to his credit, he said, yep, uh, it's true, I did. But then he added, remember George Washington's father? He said, uh, he asked his dad, and uh, he said, uh, now when he chopped down the cherry tree, he, the little boy said he, he didn't get in trouble because he told the truth. And the, and the dad said, you know what, that's true, uh, his dad said, but his father was not in the cherry tree when he cut it down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's probably the last time you'll laugh at this message. <laughs> but anyway, most of us have never probably, anybody ever pushed the outhouse in the creek? However, we can identify with a boy and how our lack of goodness uh, affects others. Uh, we're uh, continuing our series, as Jason said, and, and, and maybe Gay talked about, by looking at uh, another hot topic. That was to look at uh, hatred, hatred and violence. 
You know, something is terribly, terribly wrong in our world. I mean, my dad used to say, uh, the world's gone to hell in a handbasket. And, uh, and that just kind of seems what we live in, a mad, mad world. With all the violence recently, the sniper in Dallas, the, the lone wolf killer in Orlando, and a few rogue policemen shooting unarmed black uh, citizens, it, it seems like that we're a nation that is just filled with hate. You know, uh, even us, you know, uh, uh, we hate. Uh, it's a nation filled with hate. We hate our ex-spouse, you know, we hate our mother-in-law, we hate uh, our boss who treated us terrible, we hate that person that, that took advantage of us, we hate that person in traffic. It just seems like today it's so easy to hate. It's just so easy to hate. It's a world filled with hate and we're like a nation, we're like a, as a nation, we're like a ship without a rudder, a rudder. In a nation filled with hate. Did you know there are thousands of sites, uh, 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 hate sites on the internet? I mean, you can Google hate sites and they come up. There are sites dedicated to hating political parties, to hating politicians, to hating religious preferences, to hating religious leaders, to hating racist groups, to hating the rich, to hating the poor. It's easy to hate. You know, and we're really good at hating people because of their skin color or their ethnic origins or their language or their religious orientation. So with a world filled with so much hate, what would Jesus say to the people of Dallas? What would Jesus say to the folks in Orlando? What, what would he say to uh, uh, the uh, to the, our black community, what would he say to our police officers in, in, in America and to those of us who hate, those of us who carry that hate in our heart uh, for those particular people in our life? I believe and I know that he would say, but to you who are listening, and so he's saying to us today, all of us who are listening either in this room or online, he'd say, love your enemies. And do good, do good to those who hate you. You know, but to you who are listening, what does Jesus say? Love your enemies. Read that with me. Love your enemies. Put an R on you. Love your enemies and do good to those who hate you. That's what Jesus would say. Love your enemies and do good to those who hate you. Right. I mean, Jesus must be wrong or naive or something. You see, Jesus, he addresses evil head first by saying, return evil with love and goodness. Return evil with love and goodness. That's what Jesus would say, and he goes right after it head first, which, by the way, is consistent in the New Testament. Peter says, do not repay evil for evil or abuse for abu abuse, but on the contrary, repay, repay with a blessing. It is for this that you were called. And then Paul would say, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Never avenge yourselves. Instead, feed your enemy. Give them water. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil by doing good. And then Jesus, in the greatest sermon ever preached, the greatest sermon ever preached, he gave us, gave us four examples of hatred by doing good. 
First he said, but let me tell, I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, uh, turn to them the other cheek. Now, I gave you a great teaching on that. You can go on our website if you want to learn more about that. It's more than what the eye, uh, it's more than what we read there. You know, turning the other cheek. Secondly, if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. And then he says to us, if anyone forces you to go one mile with them, go two miles. And lastly, give to anyone who asks. Give generously. In each of these verses, Jesus encouraged us to do the exact opposite. He encourages you and I in, in this scripture to love your enemies and do good to those who hurt you. It's the exact opposite of the Old Testament law of the jungle, uh, the law of the jungle, an eye for an eye. He's saying do the exact opposite of that. And do the exact opposite of what we're seeing every day lived out on our television screens and on our, on our, uh, our newscast, on our Facebook, or however we get our news. And, and, and by doing that, we, are ex we expose evil for what it is. And Paul says when we love our enemies and we do good to those who hurt us, he's saying that we're like pouring heaping hot coals down their back. Only our offender's head by responding out of love and goodness, not with more hate, hateful actions. Jesus teaches us to respond with goodness because he understands evil. Jesus understands evil more than anyone else in the history of humanity. Jesus understands evil. He understood that hatred grows when it's met with hatred. And hatred, when met with hatred, leads to murder, and that leads to, and it leads to more violence. And Jesus understood that when we in our world continue to respond to hatred with hatred, it only leads to more and more and more damaging violence. And the only way to defeat, it, to defeat an enemy is to try our very best to stop having enemies and to love those who hurt us. And to do good to them. But you may say the problem is that it's simply unnatural to love your enemy and do good to them. I guess it is. So, so I guess we can either love them and do good to them or we can respond to racism with racism, to hatred with hatred, to violence with violence. But if we do, the violence of the last couple of weeks will only escalate. It's only the beginning. As scripture says, hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all offenses. And the problem is that our usual response is to treat people how they treat us. We allow our enemies to tell us, to dictate to us how we will act. But Jesus reminds us that anyone is capable of goodness. It takes no faith, it takes no grace, it takes no surrender to God to live like that. Paul says, do not even the Gentiles, don't even mass murderers and corrupt killers do the same. Instead, we as Christians are called to respond based on who we are in Christ, not on who we are, not, not who our enemies are and what their actions are may call for. 
You know, our actions, their actions may call for us in our humanness to think that we need to retaliate with more hatred and more violence. Bonhoeffer says the Christian's behavior must be determined not by the way others treat them, but by the way, by, but by the treatment we ourselves had received from Jesus. If you're a believer today, how has Jesus treated us? With grace, with love, with mercy, with forgiveness, with kindness, with goodness. Paul says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. In other words, Jesus asked us to live in radical freedom, free from payback, free, free from emotional, uh, emotional um, outburst of hate and anger, free from bitterness, free from the need for vengeance. And we can only do that, as Gay said in introducing this song, we can only do that because as believers, Jesus lives in us. And he loves through us. And he forgives through us. And he calls us to live in freedom. Something indeed is wrong. And we get our identity from God and not for those others around us. For it is freedom that Christ has set us free. And as I was beginning to say, something is indeed wrong in our violent world. But Jesus' only response to evil is the only hope we got in our hate-filled, violent world, and that is love and goodness. As believers, we have no other choice. If Christ lives in us, we have no other choice but love and goodness to a hate-filled world. Here's what I believe from the bottom of my heart, and I think in a Many, many conversations that Gay and I would have together, I believe that she would, I won't speak for her, but maybe she would agree. I know this, we love you guys, and, and, and the problem of the world is not the world. The problem of the world is not the world. You do understand that, right? The problem of the world is the church. You see, the problem of the world is not the hatred in the world, the problem of the world is the Christians in the church. The problem is not the bad guys out there. The problem is the good guys in here, you and I. You know, it's, the problem is that we hate and we retaliate and we get back and we say hateful things. And we're not too good at sharing the good news to the people who really need to hear it. You see, the problem is not the sin in the world. The problem is really the good people of Salem Fields Community Church and churches around the world, you and I, who, who remain comfortably seated inside our padded seats in our air-conditioned rooms. Thank God we got air conditioning. Feels good in here. Thank you, Sean. <laughs> We got, Sean, just raise your hand so people know who put our air conditioning in a really good deal. Thank you for that. He and his wife, faithful members, and we appreciate that. But this is my opinion, and I realize it's an opinion, and I know everyone has an opinion, and opinions are like noses. Everybody has one, right? So it's just my opinion. But I think it's time for the church, Salem Fields Community Church, to rebuild our love for our community and for the people around us who don't know Jesus. 
And then we will have far less hate in our world. I've never seen anywhere in the Bible where the people who don't know Jesus are asked to come to the church to hear the good news. And if we wait for the lost to come to us, we will have to wait a long time and the hatred and the violence will only get worse. And many may never come at all. Our only hope is to go where they are. You know, I was thinking about this Pokemon craze. Now, I know nothing about it. Believe me, you're not going to catch me out walking in the dark with my cell phone looking for Pokemon. And I, you can do that. If you're having fun, do that. Just be careful. Don't get run over and killed as you're doing the Pokemon thing. Now, I remember Pokemon when Christian was little. Uh, but I, I don't know what it's all about now. I know they're looking for something. <laughs> And that's what the world is looking for. But, you know, and as I was thinking about that, our only hope is to go where they're at. I was thinking about this Pokemon thing. I mean, they're going everywhere looking for Pokemon. And I was thinking, how, how could that relate to the church? How could this Pokemon craze relate to the church? And, and, and as I thought about that, I thought, we the church, you and I need to poke our heads outside the church doors. We need to poke our heads outside the church doors and go find people who need Jesus and download them into the kingdom. And I don't know what you do when you find the Pokemon. Does anybody please tell me what you do if you find a Pokemon? So how do you catch a Pokemon? Huh? So what we need to do is capture those people in our world who are filled with hate and do not know Christ, and we need to capture them for Jesus, okay? So we need to poke our heads. You know, since I'm digging myself a hole, and uh, here's another thing I've been thinking about. The church loves to blame the government for passing laws we don't agree with. Or we like to blame Hollywood filmmakers or social media, the world walking further and further away from the truth. But the real truth is it's our responsibility to stand up and make this world a better place. It's our responsibility to stand up and make the world a better place by turning from hatred and responding with loving goodness. According to Jesus, our response to the evil in our world is not to sit in church and condemn the world or make hateful Facebook posts when people act the way they're going to act because they don't know Jesus. Think how you acted. Think how I acted. We want them to act like us. You see, the world we live in is a dark place and it's getting darker and darker by the day. And that being said, the truth is we never, if we, we need to learn to respond to the hate and violence the way Jesus teaches us to respond, not how the church and the world normally reacts to hatred committed by the killers among us. I love this quote I read this week. We, we need to tell the people of this world that the world is broken, that it's damaged, and it doesn't work the way it's supposed to work. It's time for the church to admit that we don't have the answers. We don't have all the answers, and we don't always respond like Jesus. And we don't have it all figured out, but we do know the one who does, and we must be willing to point people in his direction, the direction of hope, of light, of life, and not despair and death and darkness, which is what the world is screaming at us right now. We've got to show them that Jesus is life and that love and goodness wins over hate every time. Today I want to close with the rest of the statement that Jesus made in Luke chapter 6. Jesus not only said to love and do good to our enemies, he said pray for those who mistreat you.
Pray for those who mistreat you. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to pray. What I want you to do in just a minute, not until I kind of give the instructions. I don't even know what the instructions are, but here's what I'd like for us to do. And, and I know some of you would be really, really uncomfortable with this, so not everybody has to do that. Not everybody has to do that, okay? But what i really like you to do is get in about groups of 10. Just stand up and get in groups of 10. You can do that now. And now if you don't want to, just sit there because you can sit there and pray. But, you know, there's something in praying in community. There's something where two or more are gathered. And here's what I want you to do. I want one person in your group. Some of them I've designated. I've asked a few people because I didn't want this to fall flat on our face. So, Justin, this is your group. This is your family. So be leading your family, okay? Here's what I want you to do. First of all, I want you to pray. I want you to pray for yourself. So you can silently do that. Just pray for yourself. God, help me to be a light in this dark world. Help me to love and show goodness when all I want to do is hate. Because that's our natural response. But we got Jesus living in us if we're believers. So what you do is just pray for yourself for a moment. And then I want you to pray for, I want you to pray for our community. First, no, let's pray for our church, okay? And then pray for our community and then pray for our nation, and then pray for our world that the light of Jesus would shine in a dark world. And Gail, lead us from that point on after that. Okay, so can we do that? Everybody got a, somebody that will lead all that and do that? Thank you. I'll go around this way. Father, I just come to you right now and I lift up Salem Fields Community Church to you. God, may we continue, or Lord, once again, be a place of hope and love where people who have been beat up by the world can come and find hope and love and uh, goodness in a place, Lord, that uh, they can feel uh, your presence and love. In Jesus' name. Yes, and we pray for our community. Lord, pray for um, this community around us, Lord. We pray that we would infiltrate with you and that draw people here that wouldn't normally come to church. That's our that's our vision, Lord, is to see people um, who are unchurched and who wouldn't come to church. And I just ask that you would start by the relationships that we make inside of this building um, and that that would encourage us to, to bring people and encourage other people to come with us. Lord, so I just pray that your, that your spirit would infiltrate this community and that you would use us as your vessels to make relationships and bring people here as well.
You know, God's presence is here. Just bask in his presence. And I'm so thankful that he promises us that we will never be alone, that he doesn't call us to anything that he doesn't also equip us to. And so if you surrender yourself before him, he will give you everything that you need to talk to that person at the water cooler or to learn and grow within your own spirit. He will equip you as we give ourselves to him. So we're gonna close out in a time of worship. If you're still praying, you can stay holding hands or just whatever the spirit leads you to do. We are not alone. His presence is with us 24-7. I'm so thankful for that. Let's worship together. Shit. 